Welcome to the Worship Leader Essentials podcast brought to you by Worship Catalyst. We are here to help leaders learn how to do more with less. For more information or engage with us, please visit worshipcatalyst.com. We're so glad you're here today. Let's learn together. Hey, welcome again to the Worship Leader Essentials podcast brought to you as always by Worship Catalyst. I'm Austin Ryan and sorry we're laughing. I just said podcast three times in a row because I can't say the word podcast. But anyway, the reason is because we're talking about great production today. And we said that word like 400 times in prepping for this podcast. So uh, a lot of P and PR words. But anyway, I've got with us today our director of production, Nicole Palos. How's it going, Nicole? Pretty good, Austin. How are you? I'm great. And as you know, if you've been following the podcast, Nicole has been stealing the hosting duties for the last couple of sessions. And so, yeah, I stole it once and, and more was like voluntold. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm glad that she's here. Uh, Nicole, so just tell us a little bit about who you are, your background. And honestly, I think this is really encouraging. But what's your video production background? I'm Nicole or Nichol. With a CH? Uh, with a CH, so yeah. It, or Nichole. Don't some, miss it. Sometimes called you Nichole. You get frustrated when people spell your name N-I-C-O-L-E. I do. It hurts me. It cuts me real deep, you know? Well, the first <clears> cut <throat> is the deepest, so hopefully it's not as bad. <laughs> yeah. A little uh, Cheryl Crow reference. There you there. go. Just help the life go by better. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm the director of production with Worship Catalyst. I also am in charge of editing our episodes that we produce for our online church, Common Ground Online, which we'll talk about a little bit later. I currently live in Jacksonville, here to keep serving Worship Catalyst in this role. And I have a super awesome dog named Zoe. Mm. And we love chilling and drinking coffee. I mean, I love it. She I was going to say. <laughs> she, she just loves chilling. Because that dog <laughs> seems like it smoked something more than it has drank yeah, something. She definitely is not a <laughs> addicted to caffeine. <laughs> <laughs> She's addicted to sleep. So I just want to ask this question because I think it's important. How did you get into editing videos and things like that? That's a great question. And shooting videos and, you know, that whole production side. Yeah, I have absolutely no idea. I think when I was a little kid... I don't know if you even know this. When I was a little kid, I really wanted to be in production. Did like you? I wanted to be a screenwriter or okay. a director. That dream faded at some point. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was the CIA for a while. And then it, you know, became event. I wanted to be a fire truck. <laughs> a fire truck. When I was little. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought that would have been good. That is the best dream ever. <laughs> um, so that's, I mean, so I've loved video from the time I was a little kid. And when I was in high school, I made, you know, cheesy videos with my friends, really low production quality. So it's always been something I've liked to do, but I'd never like done it. Yeah. And then I think at some point you needed somebody to edit a video yeah. and you just asked me and I did an okay job, I guess, because for the past 12, 10, 12 years, that's what I've been serving in. And it's grown more and more over the last two years. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, for sure know a lot more in the last two years than I learned in the last Well, 10. we're going to talk about that too. And the thing out, the reason I wanted to bring that up is because it's not like you went to school for it. No, my degree is in events and hospitality. So I have, yeah, zero formal education in this at all. So you really, as a leader, and we're finding people who are, you know, we give them a shot to try something and see how it goes. And if the passion is there, the learning is possible. Yeah, totally. I definitely would not be here if I hadn't gotten the opportunity 
What software do you think you used back then? Was it like a uh, uh, windows media player okay. or windows yeah. media? There was like a, <laughs> an editing program that came yeah. free. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's awesome, man. Yeah. There's been so many of those small, those $39 editing programs that I've used through the years. So <laughs> yeah. I'm glad we've uh, moved up from that. Although I still like doing that because it's way cheaper and easier, <laughs> way easier. Awesome. So Nicole mentioned the two things that she works for Worship Catalyst as well as for Common Ground Online Church. And those are two different ways of expressing the production, probably. Uh, so the online church is a 20 to 30 minute teaching format that's not like, don't get me wrong, it's not, you know, somebody teaches for 20 or 30 minutes. People teach for six minutes. Then we do like a creative this or that. We might do some sort of bumper stuff mm -hmm. or like promotional for the series or whatever. Yep. Occasionally music, a lot of things like that. If you want to watch that, actually, we'll post in the show notes our Common Ground online yes. YouTube channel so you can see some of the stuff that Nicole has done. In fact, in a normal 25-minute episode, do you think that we would have six or eight different components yeah, we definitely, we have anywhere from five to eight, I would say, separate little pieces that I kind of blend together. Got it. Yeah. So you'll want to kind of get an idea for that and maybe watch some of it. And then for Worship Catalyst, what we've been doing over the last year or so is ramping up our online training. And so I would consider what we do with Worship Catalyst primarily more along the lines of training, teaching where somebody can go online, watch something and learn and get better at it. And so all of that, we try to add in creativity and every single one of those things we do, we have a process that we go through of keeping us online to get these great videos produced. And so Nicole, what are, what is kind of the process that we go through, whether it be the church side or whether it be worship catalyst on making videos? Yeah, well, the first thing uh, we do is for, for the church side, it's we call it worship planning. And for Worship Catalyst, it's more of like a content design brainstorming. Both of them are brainstorming and really developing the idea and the purpose. That's step number one. And that probably takes the longest. I, for me, it takes the longest because we kind of brainstorm things for a while. And then we move into the script writing phase. And I say this doesn't take the longest because I don't have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so I so write might, the scripts. It basically. might take a long time. And other people on our team write the yeah, scripts. Yeah, other people write the scripts. It's generally not me. We do go back and forth after the script's written. I do take a pass at it or try to mm -hmm. kind of dis discuss it and refine it. But once we have a solid script together, then I'll take a look at it and develop like a shot list. We'll, we'll work out things like location and the tone and lighting and stuff like that. I want to go back to the script writing. You said that really quick in like the back and forth. I think the part that is equally important is the initial script writing, like the, let's just call it a, a sermon piece or something like a five minute something mm -hmm. is the going back and going, now, wait a minute we have to think about this visually. Yeah. And so then writing visually. Yeah. This is something that we're learning. Like we're in the process of learning right now is that writing for video is very different than writing for a live audience. It's even different than like if you're writing a drama for on stage mm. versus a video, because you can show things in a video that you can't do when you're just standing in front of people. Mm -hmm. And people are used to having multiple things going on. So we're trying to get better at not only saying everything we mean, but also making it visual. So you don't have to say the joke. The joke can be shown on screen. Yeah. And it's just a completely different way to approach script writing. Yeah. Um, and we're still in the process of learning it. 
Okay. So we have the design, the content design meeting or worship planning or whatever, the, the script writing, and then the final script writing, and then a shot list. Yep. And that's all, you know, pretty much what we call pre-pro or pre-production. And then we move into the filming, the production part of it, where we actually, you know, break out the lights and the cameras Mm -hmm. and the action and we film it all. And then we go into the editing process where I take everything that we filmed and put it together in the best way possible. You know what I've been liking about the filming process lately is that we've been trying to film a lot of stuff at once. Mm Mm-hmm you know, like a series at for church or a whole training process for Worship Catalyst, not just video by video, week by week. Yeah, it definitely helps uh, with consistency and clarity and efficiency, which is our favorite thing. Efficiency is amazing. <laughs> okay, cool. I think worship leaders listening to this are probably filming videos for two different things right now. One of them is weekly services that are like posted online or streamed or whatever. Maybe there's some editing that takes place. Maybe it's, you know, maybe not a whole lot, whatever. And then the second one is content videos for either bumpers or testimonies or something else to support messages in church services. And what we're going to talk about here for the next few minutes really is that second one, because the whole streaming and, you know, all that kind of stuff, there's like a lot of stuff out there for that. But we're talking more specifically like those creative standalone Mm-hmm. type videos that help move the story along in church services. So in producing like the hundreds of these or many, many dozens of these over the past few years, what are the top few things that you've learned to make the product better or the process better or or whatever and smoother to, to get a better product? There's a lot of things that I've learned, but to boil it down to like the most important things, I think the biggest one I've learned over the last couple of years, and I say that because in the last two years, I've learned more than ever. I thought <laughs> I could know about video <laughs> yeah. and ask me in two years and these will probably be completely different. I don't know. The first one is to really understand the basic storytelling principles. I think one of the best things I did as an editor was to read a book called Making a Good Script Great. Mm. And it really broke down like story arcs, which you don't need, you don't need a three act structure for a two minute video. But me having an understanding of storytelling principles and setup and context and turning points and what hooks somebody really helped me as an editor create better, more impactful videos. So if you have If you want to make your product better, an easy, cheap way to do that is just to learn how to tell a story. Mm. Is a shortcut to that to watch a bunch of Hallmark movies by chance? Uh, That might be half of my research tactics. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm not going to I'm not going to lie. Most of my editing comes from things I've learned from Hallmark. As far as like going as far as our graphic design and our lower thirds logos, I've definitely stolen all of that from Hallmark. So if you go to our YouTube channel and watch some of the comic ground, you'll see that snow occasionally starts to fall (laughs) in the middle. But none of it's falling on Austin. (laughs) Right. (laughs) We joke, but I really do love Hallmark and you can learn so much. So watch it. (laughs) Okay. Got you. So story arc, understanding how to tell the story, Mm -hmm. the twists and turns, the tension and release, all those things. Yep. All of that, I think will make you a better editor and better script writer. The other thing we already mentioned was think verbally as far as what you want to say, but also think visually and what can be seen and not said. Mm -hmm. You have a short amount of time to capture people's attention. So thinking both of those ways is a really, really 
good step to take to make your product better. That being said, audio is 50% of the viewing experience Mm -hmm. and you have to get good audio in your videos. Now, I know that we didn't want to get into too much of the technology of this, but this one is probably the biggest pet peeve of all bad videos. Yeah. It's really crummy audio. It is. So what are we learning about how to get good audio? What are you using? I learned pretty quickly that you should always have multiple sources of, of good audio. <laughs> <laughs> that um, You mean sometimes it didn't record? Sometimes what? it doesn't record and uh, it's a little frustrating. Yeah. So, but I use a, a little lav mic, a Zoom F2 field recorder. That's probably my favorite mic in the entire world right okay, now. Say that again. The a Zoom F2 field recorder. Okay. Uh, it's a battery powered, records onto a micro SD. It's 32 bit float, which is a fancy term for it's never going to peak and like have overblown audio. And you can raise the volume without introducing a lot of noise. That's a miracle. It is, is pretty Im- impressive. So I love that microphone, but we also use boom mics as a secondary, but just getting good dialogue and clear dialogue in a controlled space is really important. So never use... Your phone. Your phone microphone. Unless you're Austin filming a Worship Catalyst update without me. Yeah, I've done that a lot. So, <laughs> okay. yeah, I don't just carry around an F2 field recorder with me at all times. Maybe and sometimes you I have an idea. I do. I guess I should. Yeah, you do. I guess I should get a one and carry it with me at all times. I think that would be a good call. Okay. But in addition to just getting clear audio, there's a part of it in the post-production process where mixing audio well is important. Mm -hmm. So even adding sound effects to just transitions or graphics, just subtle things, or adding ambient noise in the background sounds counterintuitive to what you would want, but it helps immerse people in the experience. Right. And what sets good videos apart from great videos a lot of time is the audio mixing Mm -hmm. so that's definitely a huge thing that can make your videos even better awesome the next thing is more uh, about your visuals so vary your shots the more angles you can get and the more types of shots you can get makes it feel more cinematic for people watching people are used to watching tv and movies Mm -hmm. where there are tons of angles just pick any show that you watch watch one scene and count how many times the camera changes yeah it's not one steady shot the entire time so the more angles you can get the more types of shots whether that's a close-up or medium shot an establishing shot the more professional your video will look so there's one of these videos that we're shooting that we're not shooting but somebody else on our team is coming up here in the next couple of weeks and they only have one good camera. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> So with that, I mean, it's going to be tough, but the w- workaround for that is doing it multiple times. Okay. I mean, that's really what they do in so television movies. set the camera movies. up here, then set the camera yeah. up here, then set the camera up here and record the whole thing straight through. Yeah. I, that's that's what they do professionally, I think, mm-hmm. you know, is just to run it again with a different setup. Yeah. It's annoying and you have to have people on script or manuscripted or or whatever because you can't really do that with um, improv, but it makes it feel more professional. Yeah. You just said manuscripted or scripted or whatever. Yeah. So we, what, a year ago went to 100% Mm -hmm. teleprompt? We did. Positives, negatives, pros, cons, all positive. What do you think about that? I love it as somebody who films and edits because it lets me know exactly what's going to be said, kind of lets me think through the entire thing ahead of time. But I can see how 
some people would be apprehensive to start teleprompting because it's hard to sound genuine when you're reading a teleprompter. I don't know that I could do it. I hate talking in general, but if I had to read and think about my face and think about my tone of voice, that would be really overwhelming. So I could see how a lot of people wouldn't want to go there, but I love it as far as filming and editing yeah, from a production, from side. a production side. It's fantastic. What do yeah. you think? It's one more controlled thing, right? Yeah. So I love it from a communicator because I can pick my words and really think through how I want to say something. Because mm -hmm. like, let's say preaching to a crowd or speaking publicly in a conference or something like that, and I'm not teleprompting, I sometimes get done with it and I go, oh man, I wanted to say that a certain way and I yeah. didn't, you know? But I don't have to ever miss that when I'm on teleprompter. You know, I like can always say it just exactly the way I want to. But we've had quite a few people do that around us. And there is a learning curve to that. Yeah. There's a learning curve on pacing. There's a learning curve on genuineness mm -hmm. and all that. And the way I've, you know, we're all getting better at this all the time. But the way that I started to try to feel better about that is like, I just practice it a lot. So by the time I'm actually presenting it, I've already gone through it several times. It's almost memorized, yeah. kind of. Like I know exactly what the next phrase is. I know where the pauses are, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. And for me, I, I'll, I'll re read through it as it's rolling, as the teleprompter's rolling, and then I stop and I fix a few things and change, you know, add some breaks mm -hmm. and this or that and the other until I feel really comfortable and I know exactly what's, what's happening. It's not a cold read at all, ever. And it makes it easy for us because if, if you do have, if you do make a mistake in your teleprompter, we can go back, you know, a couple paragraphs and I can, I can know exactly where I can edit in, yeah. a, you know, a camera change to, to pick up right where you left That's off. That's another good reason to have a camera angles. It really is. Yeah. yeah. It allows for you to, to make a couple mistakes. So when you're watching me on, on video and there's a camera change, it's probably because there was a mistake. It's definitely because there was a mistake. <laughs> Just kidding. The other few things that I have, there's just a few more, and they're all very visual. One is, in addition to varying your shots, think through your setup and your visual context. Do you need an establishing shot? Is it mm. easier to show um, the front of a church and then hit in with whoever's speaking in your church? Or at one point, I think we did a, a video with somebody teaching in the desert, and so we did some cool desert shots with some music behind it just to set up this place in the context without really having to explain it. Yeah, it's good. The other thing to think through is transitions. I'm working on this, but a lot of the videos I watch that I am really impressed with have very well crafted and thought through transitions. Mm -hmm. The camera's moving left to right and then, you know, you're somewhere else and it's just very well done. I'm not there yet. Man, that's like a really high level thinking through. Super high level. Yeah. Yeah, one day. One day. And then the final thing is energy. So one of the reasons we switch camera angles is because Austin messes up all the time. <laughs> but the other is because movement equals energy. And when you're watching a video, you want there to be energy. You don't want it to just be a steady shot on one guy talking and droning on. You want there to be energy, whether that energy is movement within the frame, somebody running across, or the camera itself moving, or changing angles pretty constantly. I think I watched about five minutes of an Andy Stanley, your move episode that they put on TV. And I counted within, within a minute, there were 
probably 40 camera changes in a minute it, it was like insane maybe not in a minute but i i don't remember <laughs> i can't I, I lost to seven seconds it was in, yeah it was insane it was like boom 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 i could barely keep track and i was yeah. just like man i need to probably change cameras more than once a minute <laughs> Like, yeah. and it just like blew my mind. It was so seamless, but I felt more engaged every time the camera changed. I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. I'm, you know, paying attention again. So camera movement and movement within a frame equals energy. And you really want that in your videos. Yeah. How do you feel about music behind people talking? Cause sometimes I see videos like that and it seems like it fits. And other times I see videos like that where there's music and I feel like that seems like a little bit too much. I think there are some people who are really good at doing that. And when you can put in music and it fits the tone and isn't, isn't too distracting and mm. it gets across the point, it's a beautiful thing. I'm still like not, I don't feel comfortable enough just like throwing music behind teaching, but I love using uh, music in transitions or coming out of something and mm. leaving it running and then slowly fading it out. But music can make a huge difference, just like just like in live person, you know, live in person, you start playing behind a pastor. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is getting serious. Yeah, like, right. it's the same effect on it's video. Like that spooky music. Yeah, in the the spooky music. You're like, oh, I better pay attention. So um, I, an example of that, this just happened yesterday. So on my phone popped up like and my photos app, I guess it popped up a, a video that was created by Apple that said you're pet friends or your furry friends or whatever it was well we only have a dog one dog and so it was basically every picture of our dog <laughs> oh geez that's gotta be so many pictures <laughs> with, with background music mm -hmm. and just a little video they made yeah and the background music was sad i found my i was watching this video of from when our dog was like a brand new like first picture tiny baby dog to today uh, however many years later that is and I started to go, man, this is sad. We're going to like this dog's <laughs> already, you know, going to halfway through its life or whatever it is, you know? Yeah. But I was thinking when it was over, I was going, man, why do I feel so down? It's just a dog. You know, it's like we like this dog. And then I got to think, I think it's because the music. Yeah. Because if that would have been like an upbeat, dun, 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 and then we'd have been like, oh, this is fun. We have cool. We've yeah. had some good times with our dog. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So like, I think that plays such a difference in the way that we emotionally experience something. Oh, totally. And as far as an, as editing film, like videos go, I, I cannot tell you how much time I spend looking for the perfect song oh, yeah. in some of the, the best videos that we've produced, like the choices video uh -huh. that took me multiple days to find that song. Mm -hmm. And it just finally, I finally listened to this song and it had the right tone, the right feel it dropped off at the right points yeah. to match our script, which is like, it was just, you know, one of those random oh. things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> thank you, Jesus, finally. <laughs> um, but it, it's a lot of work to just l sift through the amount of songs out there that you can use so that yeah. it adds a lot of time. But when you do find it, it's totally worth it. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. So let's talk about a couple other things here. And one of them is hacks. Because whenever I see these amazing videos, sometimes I'm just like, man, how many hours did it take for them for every minute, every second of that video? Is so amazing. <laughs> a lot of hours. A lot of hours. But through the years, you've figured out some hacks to make some of that go faster. I have. So what are those? Because we all want to get better. We all want to get better and more efficient. 
Um, okay, so the first number one hack is we have a subscription to Motion Array, and that has made the biggest difference in my editing life. Um, What's the website? MotionArray.com. MotionArray.com. And we'll put that in the show notes. Yeah, too. I'll put that in the show notes. They have stock music, stock videos, stock photos, and templates. And so the templates are really what have made a big difference for me. I can put together like our intros for our monthly Worship Catalyst update and in two seconds, I make two changes. I plugged in our our personal videos, and it looks at like a super professional, well done intro that I didn't have to spend a thousand hours doing. I spent a few hours tweaking a template. So I love Motion Array because you don't have to recreate the wheel. Other people are out there building templates that you can use with your editing software, and it just makes my life a billion times easier. The other thing I would say is don't feel like you have to do everything by yourself. Like use what other people have done. If you can find a video for $5 and play it in your church, like license it and play it in your church, do it because that's probably a lot better than spending 40 hours on a video if it gets your point across. We have a few videos that we'll be posting on our, our site soon that will be available for sale that you could use and license and play at your church to hopefully, you know, get your big idea across. The other thing I would say is if you find a style or a video that you love, model what you want to do after somebody else's video. It's not stealing. You're not going to recreate it frame by frame. It's just referencing a style to make your life a lot easier. And then the final thing I have to say is find two or three people that you like and follow them on, you know, YouTube or Instagram or wherever for editing tips and tricks. I follow Motion Array. Jordan from Motion Ray, I love you. And he gives a whole ton of editing tricks every week. There's also Premiere Gal and there's also full-time filmmaker. They try to sell you their course a lot of times, but they provide a lot of good content to help you get better. So I just take advantage of all of the free information that's available on the internet for whatever I need to learn. Yeah, love that. That's really good. So there's somebody listening out here and they're going, yeah, we need to, we need to produce some stuff for our church. We can get internal. We're going to start doing this. And we even have somebody who knows how to use iMovie or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. And so what are some things, cause they don't have a camera, they don't have microphones. All they have is an iPhone. Like what are they going to do? Where do they start? Uh, well, I think an iPhone is a great place to start. How new of an iPhone? Honestly, most iPhones are going to be great. Because mine's pretty amazing. But Austin might have the new iPhone, and that's pretty fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I mean, you know, top level. But you can use, I have an 11, and I we use that, and that's a pretty great camera as well. I mean, it shoots 4K. Our actual, you know, cameras don't even do that. Our yeah. mirrorless cameras don't right. even shoot 4K at this point. So if you have a phone, use your phone. If that's what you got, use it. Don't spend $2,000 on a new camera if you don't have to. Or right. Start with what you got. But I would say invest in a good microphone. There are microphones you can buy on Amazon for like $20 to plug into your phone that are a good place to start if you all you have is $20. But if you can, I would say invest in the Zoom F2 field recorder. Yeah. It's, it's probably a couple hundred dollars, but it makes a huge difference in audio quality and it's useful in a ton of situations. Now that's good for one person. It is only good for one person, yeah. So then what would you do if they had two people, like they're doing interviews and things like that, buy two field recorders? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then layer them in there. We How use, much is it? Are those, those are like 170 maybe? Yeah, I think they're about 170. Yep. Yeah. yeah. We also use boom mics. 
So you could throw a boom mic in between two people. If you have microphones that you use on Sunday mornings, mm-hmm. you don't mind those in the shots, you know, find something that you can plug them into. You could like buy, what? you could buy a Zoom H2 or HN that you can plug microphone cables into and start there. Can you put that in the show notes too? Yeah, I wish we were getting paid for all these like product all recommendations. Well, yeah, right. <laughs> that would be great. But yeah, because I think that I think that all of that gets a little overwhelming to mm-hmm. the beginners and starter yeah. out, you know. So just the idea with these, all these Zoom things that she's talking about is basically an interface that you can plug microphones into and it records onto an S SD drive. Yeah. You're going to record audio and video separately. That's basically how you're going to get the best audio is have different devices to do both. And then, and then put them together Mm -hmm. in some sort of video editing program. Yes. And you use, I use Premiere Pro and you use, I use Premiere Pro. You do. (laughs) I actually use nothing anymore. No, he doesn't have to. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So I use Premiere Pro. That's my editing thing of choice, but there are a lot of great free editing uh, programs out there that you can use. So the second thing I would do, so big things are video, right? So if you have a phone, use your phone. Audio, ideally you have an external microphone that you can use and and get out most of the other noise. The other thing that makes a huge difference in videos is lighting. So if you can, get a light kit of some kind. There's a whole bunch of options out there. I'm not going to throw out any recommendations, you know, when I went and asked, we have a friend named Micah who's who's been on this podcast before. And I went to him one time and asked him about lighting. And I said, I don't have a lot of money to spend. And he sent me YouTube links that were like lighting if you have $100, yep. lighting if you have $200, yeah. lighting if you have $300. And those were so helpful because we had $200. <laughs> and so <laughs> I got the $200. Kit. Yeah. But what I would say with lighting is buy something, but first learn about lighting because there's a ton you can do with natural light. And as long as you understand lighting principles in general, you can make your videos look a ton better. And then once you have a budget, you can kind of figure out what would be best to help you. Those are the main three things to make your your videos go from awful to way better is just solid video. And so with your phone, I would suggest getting a solid, a good tripod that would hold whatever video thing you're using. And then figuring out lighting and getting some lights that would help you in your context. It really depends on what kind of videos you're going to be shooting, whether it's you're going to be outside most of the time, that'll change what you need or whether you think you're going to be doing testimony videos and inside that's going to change what you need. Would you be available to have conversation with people? No, absolutely not. I hate having conversations with people. So it's Nicole at worshipcatalyst.com with an H. Don't forget that. Nicole with an H. That's also in the show notes. So just (laughs) click on her uh, email address. Yeah. She puts it in there. Nicole at worshipcatalyst.com and and just ask her whatever questions. You guys can set up a time to talk. Definitely. And she'll do the best she can to help you out. One last thing I want to ask, and that is, how do you keep the creative juices flowing? Because I can imagine somebody just sitting in a room with a computer trying to come up with new ways to edit or new songs or new this or new that. How do you stay fresh? To be perfectly honest, I have no idea right now. That's something I'm like currently working to figure out because I've never been in a role where it was mostly creative. Up until April of 2021, my jobs have always been more like, not as creative. I've been able to infuse creativity in them in micro ways, but it's never been a creative position where I had to keep creating. And so I'm currently like figuring out how to be, how to 
keep creative juices flowing. I know that I pull things from things I'm watching on TV. So if I really love Hallmark okay. movies, yeah. I'm going to dig into how they set up context and how they do their lower thirds yeah. or whatever. It takes me a lot of time to be creative. So I'm always better when I've had a lot of time to just think. Mm -hmm. And like graphics, even though somebody could probably throw something amazing together in like 10 minutes, it's probably going to take me 15 hours of just like processing what that could potentially be and brainstorming and writing it out. But if any of you have suggestions on how to stay creative, I would gladly take them. Nicole at worshipcatalyst.com. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. This goes two ways. Yeah, it does. So we talk about that a lot with worship leaders and creative planning teams and, and band members and everything. The, one of the best ways to stay creative is to keep yourself around creativity. Mm -hmm. Go to shows, go to concerts, go to theater, go to an art out display thing, whatever, you know, yeah. like whatever you do to whatever creative things are around you, go do that. Go watch that. Add new people to the process. Yeah. When it seems that things are going stale, find somebody else to speak into it. Things like that. I think we ought to do a podcast on staying creative. Yeah. Can I not be on that one you and just listen? <laughs> right. I'll ask all the questions. Let's go. Let's find somebody creative. Anything else you want to say? I'm pretty much talked out. All right. Good. Well, hey, Nicole, thanks for coming on the podcast today. I think that was super awesome and informative. And I know for you listening today, hopefully there's somebody that has popped into your mind that you want to in, engage or even help give this podcast to, to, to increase their capacity as a production person in your church. So anyway, thanks for listening. As always, we'll see you next week and uh, follow us on social at Worship Catalyst. And also consider leaving a remark here and subscribing to this website. And we would appreciate that review. It helps other people to get a chance to listen to the podcast as well. So anyway, God bless you. Have an awesome day. See you soon. Bye.